joined today by a very special guest. You may have seen the tweet I put out for it. No, it's not CD Lamb, but it's along those lines. Um, I got messages as soon as I posted. I'm like, oh my god, you got CD you know, Lamb? No, look at the corner. We're joined by one of the Madden ratings gurus, Andre Weingarten of uh, well, like EA Sports and of YouTube fame. Andre, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. All right. So obviously uh, we're recording this on Monday night and I, we were saying before uh, we went, you know, we went live. Uh, how are your DMs doing? <laughs> uh, they're in shambles. <laughs> they are. I think that's a kind way to put it. Um, I think my mentions are in a worse spot. Oh, um, boy. And the DMs. The DMs are, are kind of fun um, <laughs> just because some of the people who can get into them. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't had players come at me yet, but, you know, there's they because they haven't actually officially come out yet, you know, for a lot of guys. So mm-hmm. it's but now it's the backlash is starting. The wave has begun. So, yeah. So we, we planned this out. We wanted to make sure that we had a little bit of, you know, uh, of, of time you know, to set this up, we knew roughly when ratings were going to come out, and we mm-hmm. figured first rookies were going to come out. So obviously, you and I met down in Mobile. Yep. So we wanted to, you know, you and I talked a little bit about kind of how the pre-scouting or the pre-draft process works for Madden, and why EA is actually quite a big presence down at the Senior Bowl. So do you want to talk about that first? Just like how do events such as the Combine and the Senior Bowl contribute to these rookie ratings um, in advance? Yeah, um, I would say that they provide a lot for us. Um, I think the combine is it, it's valuable, but I don't think it provides as much in the true player evaluations as more as like uh, outside information, right? Because we have an opportunity to talk with a lot of the players. So we can ask them certain things if we get any time with them to discuss things like, well, did you play any positions in high school besides what your primary is? You know, are you right or left-handed? You know, if you've never thrown a pass before. And things like that, where we get a chance to kind of sit down and talk with them a little bit, get a pulse on who they admire around the the rest of the class, etc. So there's a lot of information there. But the Senior Bowl is the big one, because that's when we get to see them in action. We get to see them in a new environment. And... We really get to kind of meld with a lot of people, uh, being able to be able to talk with scouts, being able to talk with other media. You hear stories about players that provides context for us that really changes the way you could view a player. Uh, my favorite example is Darnay Holmes this past year, where mm-hmm. Darnay was going through some personal stuff. You know, he was commuting far. He was helping take care of his family. He graduated in three years, uh, start to finish with his degree. From uh, from UCLA and like there was just a lot on his plate that you can imagine would drain somebody. So the fact that his performance wasn't as good and he was a little bit banged up, it's like okay, so this is why. You know, you want to know why performance dipped, not just oh it it dipped, so he's not as good as we thought. You want to get the full picture. So that type of information is invaluable for us. Yeah, absolutely. I remember you know uh, when you and I were talking. I want to say it was like day two. Uh, of the senior bowl um and i was asking like you know back then kind of the same type of question and you were like hey like check this out and it was like to michael hasty it's like see that's how we know he's left-handed for the game because he threw a pass back the other way it's like oh yeah like like those little things those those intricate details that 
like 95% of us wouldn't think of because, well, yeah. the odds of, of anyone throwing a, a halfback pass with Jamichael Hasty, the uh, uh, running back from Baylor, not didn't really cross anyone's mind, but it's to make sure that it's as, you know, as accurate as, as possible. Um, exactly. And going into kind of, again, sticking with the rookies for a minute, um, when you are, like, say, watching a Joe Burrow or a Chase Young uh, and, like, watching the film or, or even watching live during the season, is there, like, a set number of games? Because I know you're also a scout at heart as well. Yep. Is there, like, a certain number of games that you you know, uh, need to watch to kind of get the full the full grasp of a player? Because, like, for, for I know Devin and I, we try to watch as many throws as the quarterbacks can make, and for other positions, it's, like, three, five games. Is it yep. it's the same way for you when it comes to figuring out ratings? Oh, absolutely. Um, when it comes to guys who are potential starters in the league, right, pretty early on uh, for quarterback, we'll watch a minimum of like eight or nine games. Um, my process is a little bit different where I'll go back and I'll watch four to five games from their previous seasons if we have it and then watch more, especially if it's guys who there's any real debate on, you know, whether it be a Herbert or a Love, I want to see the full picture and see their mm-hmm. growth over time. And quarterback, I think, is the one position that you really need to do that on because there's so many other factors that contribute to it. Uh, for other positions, though, um, I like five games, but I don't always do five games. I have the benefit of having some really excellent tools here that I can work with. So I'm able to splice the information down in a way that I can see, like for Chase Young, I can see every one of his pressures that he generated in a season, and I can see how he's winning. I can watch straight-up games, but I could also watch only pass rush reps, or I can watch this or that. So I can really key in and focus on specific situations that I have questions on and get a full picture that is better than watching a full game blindly, if that makes sense. And I want to see the full one, too, in, in, in sequence to see how they handle ebbs and flows, but just pinpointing it down a little bit more is a is a huge part of our process. Man, I wish I had. I wish we had tools like that, eh, Devin? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that would be lovely for sure to have. Um, but kind of going and kind of into my question, I know you talked a little bit about you know the process of, of scouting players. Um, mm-hmm. Do you kind of take into account previous year ratings for for guys, not necessarily guys coming into the NFL, but guys that are already in the NFL? Like you take that into account or is that just you start with a clean slate and begin the year like a fresh new? Yeah, uh, we, we absolutely do consider the previous year's ratings as a, as a baseline uh, because that's, that usually leads you into where we are to start a season, right? Because there's been no film since February. So to make projections, it's kind of in bad faith. You know, you can believe that a guy's going to improve, but you don't know how much. Right. You know, if you have a guy who's going into year two and it's like, man, he really came on hot at the end of the last season. I want I think he's going to do well, but I need to see him do that first. And then we can be a little bit more reactive to that. But uh, we, we absolutely have to consider it. You know, if there's a guy who's a veteran and he's been a, you know, a B plus player for the past three years and then he goes out and he has an A plus season, we're not going to just make him, you know, a 95 right out of the gate. You know, right, because he's starting to play like that, he'll probably get to a 92, maybe 93, because it's like, okay, you got, you, you took that leap, but we've seen so much of you at this previous level. 
can we see you do it again now that the rest of the league understands what you're capable of? That sort of deal. And I think that really, uh, it's hard for a lot of people to grasp when it comes to the ratings. And, you know, it's, it's hard to communicate that out because a lot, everyone has an opinion on ratings, but only so many people are on social media or are on our timelines to find that out. Like, uh, one of the players is Tredavious White. You know, um, his ratings were released, released, you know, in quotes, uh, <laughs> leaked by, uh, yes, by unnamed <laughs> sources that I actually don't know. And he's a, he's an 89 overall. And people look at them and they're like, wow, first off, 89 overall is the sixth best corner in the game, which is pretty great, right? That's, you're, you're an elite company. Mm-hmm. But people don't really think about the fact that Tredavious White was like an 83 for us to launch Madden, 9, uh, Madden 20. Mm-hmm. So he took some big steps during the season because he was really up and down in 2018. To the point where Levi Wallace was actually outperforming him. And, you know, you can, obviously he's not facing number ones like Tredavious was, but he was still performing very well. And Tredavious, from what I've heard, was down on himself in that time period. So it was was really getting to him. So it's like, okay, we've seen him here, and now we've seen him at at this level. Which one is Tredavious White? We can't just say he's a 95 after a season like this, no matter how good he was. Do I think he can get there? Absolutely. But am I going to predict that before the season? No, it's just not how our process works. And not only that, but I remember it was Madden 20 where there was like this, you guys basically just scrapped the old rating system yep. and, and refined it, which has its, it, obviously its pros and its cons. And one thing that, I mean, you and I have spoken about is like the, the distance, but you know, of what constitutes a starter. I yes. mean, behind behind the curtains, I was using the the Bucks last year, and I remember I remember hitting up Andre on like a daily basis, just basically in in like a in like a loving way, because because Dre and I go way back, but basically cussing him out because my left tackle Donovan Smith was a sixty seven overall. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, like it's great because. And the way that you, uh, I had you explain it is it's, it's more or less like, you know, making sure that there is more of a, per, uh, you know, a pronounced gap between what's a, you know, all caliber, M, you know, uh, NFL player and then like, you know, your borderline pro bowlers and then your guys that are fringe starters. Cause in the past, yeah. a bad starter was like a 75. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would say if you're above an eight, if you're an 85 or above, you are a superstar. Yeah, just just straight up like you are a superstar. If you are above a 90, you are an all world caliber player. And you know what? There are there are games even under EA Sports that could take that into consideration. I I tweeted literally right before we started recording that comparing Madden where you've got this this discrepancy, you know, or not discrepancy, just this massive variance in what constitutes, you know, a starting caliber player to even in EA Sports, the NHL franchise, where 47 players were rated above an 88 overall. Or the uh, the NBA 2K series, where, you know, guys that are, you know, the sixth man on their team are an 86. There's a, like, there's a big difference, and I think sometimes, yeah. I mean, obviously, you and I are friends, but to, to have your back, like people don't quite understand that you're trying to go for realism and not to make everyone happy. 
Yeah, and I, I think there's there's two other pieces to that. First, when we did the rating stretch, it was also a position by position mm-hmm. stretch. So a the I mean, think about it like this: the sixth best corner is an 89. The tenth best corner is an 87. Yeah. The tenth best quarterback is an 84. Right, and it's not to say that Carson and Dak are worse if you remove positions than a Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. But we stretched that position more to showcase the nuance between the drop-offs between the, the very top and the rest. So when you see a guy who's in the 70s, a quarterback, high 70s, people automatically say, wow, he's terrible. And then you look and it's like, oh, he's the 17th best starter in the game. That's mm-hmm. not so bad. And, you know, middle linebackers the same way, where, you know, Devin White and Devin Bush came out 74, 72 last year and people were up in arms. It's like, well, that's actually really good. That's bo- the, both of them are starting caliber middle linebackers on day one. That's isn't that what you want? You want yeah. guys? You want guys who are NFL ready to be day one starters? And Devin was actually right. Bush was right on the cusp. Uh, I think he was like fifty fourth best middle linebacker. So based on the difference between four three and three four, he was right there. Yeah. Um, and the other factor is that we have responsibilities to a lot a lot of groups to get these right mm-hmm. uh, a lot a lot of different groups from very different sides of the spectrum look at our material and value it whether it be players whether it be teams whether it be uh you know scouts who play whether it just be fans like there's a lot of different groups of people that we have to accommodate and we just have to trust our film study and understand that this is how we're doing it and to reiterate things like rank at the position is the most important, not the true overall number. And the overall itself, while valuable, is only an approximation of a formula. The individual ratings are what drive everything. Yeah. Now, that kind of leads into our next question is obviously there's a there today alone, there's been a lot of outcry. Like, how do you and the rest of the of the team, how do you handle uh, like p- public outcries in terms of you know, uh, dis- discrepancies between Madden and say Twitter's opinion on a player, like the the, the general consensus. So the one I'll, I'll use is uh, D- Deshaun Watson. Yep. Uh, he's the seventh highest rated quarterback in the game. He's eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. As an eighty-six. As an eighty-six. Whereas if you ask Twitter, they would generally have him as top five. Some might say top three. So how do how do you respond, and has there been a situation, because you've been at Madden for a couple of years now, where yeah. a public outcry has maybe affected uh, few, like the rating or ranking of a player going forward? Um, so when it comes to the public outcry, I think for the most part we take it in stride. Um, one of the processes, we heavily vet our ratings, um, especially at this time of year before we release them to the public. We have all of the Madden ratings adjusters kind of get together and review because they have input throughout the entirety of the year already. Uh, you know, they're the ones who are going to games. We are too, but they're going to games. They're reporting in. They are big uh, football people as well. So, you know, when it comes to this, they have input throughout the entirety of the process. But before we go public, they uh, we get together and we discuss. We basically say, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And they're like, well, this is a little low. Why do you have him here? Okay, I can I can buy that. He's a little too high for me. Okay, well, how do, how does the group feel? 
and you know we'll we'll go through and we'll defend and we'll discuss and it's really like a round table debate so by the time that they get to the public we understand that everyone has their their fandoms but at the same time we feel really comfortable we're not we're not perfect you know we're always willing to change and adjust but we feel confident in our evaluations to the point of we can make these public and feel pride in them and that we get some really good reassurance from from executives or not from executives but from from people within the, the league from you know people within the media who we know you know there's there's been a lot of really good support over the years including the past few days so it's you know it, it that's reassuring right yeah. when the public feels one way but when you when you're talking with people who are you know in the profession and and they're supportive and they're and they're having good dialogue with you over things it's like okay we're 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 in the good spot even though perception might be leading one way or the other well i mean you're never going to be able to make uh everyone happy when when you're doing these now yeah. my next question is it's not madden specific but i mean like i said you are a you know a, a scout at, at heart um so which player for madden 21 that you know that's an incoming rookie did you have the most fun scouting as a player last year oh um so I'll have to that's a really good question. That's one that just came to me. I didn't I didn't write it down beforehand, but while you were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me off guard. I got you off guard with that one. A little two minute drill, gotta hurry to the line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say my favorite player to watch I'm gonna go someone who didn't go in the first round. I think that okay. makes it better. Alright. Um I have two examples. The first one is Niten Muti. From Fresno State. Oh yeah, the guard out of Fresno with the Broncos. Yep, absolute monster. One of the one of the most ridiculous tapes you'll see. It was a uh, Mackay Becton light type mm-hmm. film, except it was much smaller sample size. Um, and the other one was Logan Wilson. Oh yeah, he was fun. If, if you just he was all over the place. The high IQ plays and and shout out to his teammate Cash Maluia uh, because th- those two were inside backers together in Wyoming. What a name. <laughs> yeah, Cash was awesome. He actually went to the Patriots. He'll be a, a core special teamer for them uh, early on in his career. Ran a four-five flat um, at linebacker, but like he was the 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 dash, and Logan was the high IQ, rangy type player. And I mean, like to me, Logan's the best linebacker in the class today. I don't know if he'll be that way in six months or in three months or in a year, but Today, there's not a single linebacker who's better in this class to me. Damn. And and he is older, right? You know, he's mm-hmm. 23, yeah. getting to 24. Guys like Queen and Murray and Brooks, they're all young pups. And it's like, okay. But, yeah, I, I'd say Logan, for all things considered, is the is the highest IQ of the group, and he's the best in coverage, and those are the things that matter most oh, at this absolutely. point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I got one more, like, quick question, then if Devin's got any more. Um, obviously... Uh, it's you know you work for Madden, but it's been a long time since we had a uh, an NCAA game. But and I'm not asking if there's one coming back, so I, trust me, I know I, know I can't okay. ask that. Okay. But if there's one college player that you could use in let's say an updated version of NCAA, if there were an NCAA football 21, who would be the one college player that you would just love to dominate with? You mean like a a guy who's currently in? School? Yeah, like a current guy. Uh, 
That's tough. You know, I, I don't look ahead too much when it comes to the draft just because we don't have the time. Yeah. But I would say Derek Stingley. Like, I am a huge corner guy. That is, just, that is Derek, uh, that is Devin's guy. That, that is like, Devin's guy. Like that, if you want, you want to talk about a guy who could end up breaking our scale when he gets into the league, <laughs> I, in, com- in comparison to like the film that I watched on him, I thought he was as impressive as Akuda was already. And it's like, that's, that's terrifying for an 18-year-old, 19 year old Our, our listeners, I, I can't wait till we go video uh, with these one day <laughs> because Devin's face when you said that. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I know he's good, but damn. I mean, that's impressive. I, I will say, Akuda is not my number one corner anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, oh Drake, can break it, Twitter with, Drake can break Twitter with his... Uh, with his draft picks, and he's done so before, and he don't give a damn. <laughs> no, I, I was I was very public on it. I am oh, a yeah. huge C.J. Henderson guy. Huge. Uh, you want to talk about press ability, and you want to talk about zone? I'll give you Jeff Okuda. You want to talk about pure man coverage capability? There's no one in the class with the hips and uh, speed and reactive athleticism as C.J. Henderson. I mean, the dude, if you don't have him line up in press and actually jam, he can mirror and match from off, from from right up in front, bump and run. Uh, his tackling is a huge detriment, and I think that's definitely a cause for concern for some. But if you want a guy who can erase somebody, I think he has the athleticism to match guys that I don't think Akuda does, and that's the big concern for me. I think Akuda is a good, not great athlete. See, that's that's why we had you on right there, Andre. He's not your everyday video game developer. This man studies the tape, so take that Jaguars fan six nine six nine six nine. Oh my god! Yeah, I definitely gotta appreciate. Look, I'm I'm all for people having different opinions. I think you know sometimes in the, in the draft world well, we get caught up in agreeing with people. You know, like yeah. for me, for example, like I really like DTR, UCLA quarterback. There's a lot of people that dislike his game and, and don't think think he's going to be UDFA, et cetera, et cetera. I'm literally working on a piece right now mm-hmm. to, to you know, say I think he's going to be uh, a pretty good quarterback and could be top ten in this class. But oh, that's wow. another conversation for another yeah. day. Yeah. Um, no, it's good, though. It's good <laughs> to do that, right? Like I, When I did my, my fall scouting uh, last year, I, I watched Jordan Love. I watched Jordan. I watched Cole McDonald. Um, and a few others, and I was like, you know, which of these quarterbacks could jump into the first round? And my consensus was it's going to be Jordan Love, but we could see Cole McDonald in a day, you know, day two, day three, or early day three if he takes that leap. And obviously run and shoot is such a complex offense that when you have new weapons running the wrong routes and all the options, you're just going to be in absolute hell. And I thought Cole executed that still very, very well, all things considered, but... I mean, Jordan's 28 film, 2018 film, that's easily first-round film. Mm-hmm. And even 2019, a lot of the throws he makes are like, okay, I, I see it, you know, even against LSU. Like, I mean, he just, he did some things against LSU that you don't see any other quarterback doing. Not even Tua did those things against LSU's defense that Jordan Love did. And obviously his stat line at the end looked terrible. But, you know, you're throwing to a converted uh, defensive end from Utah, as you're starting tight end and you're throwing to <laughs> Utah's fifth string wide receiver the previous year as your number one, and you lost nine of your you know top 12 weapons and your head coach and your OC, and it's like, 
okay, you know, <laughs> okay, there, there's some, there, there are things going on here. Let's not crucify the kid. Yeah, but, so. uh, but you know, Twitter, whether it comes to college film or or prospects or Madden, they always got to be mad about something. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, the yeah, fun of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Where would we be without without our, without our all American or all Canadian just arguing on Twitter? Like, <laughs> it's what makes us humble. Like, it's true. Uh, all right, man. I think we've taken up enough of your time again. Appreciate it. Um, do you get, do yeah. either of you have any questions? More? Oh yeah, Devin, you got any more? Uh, yeah. Uh, get out of here. Last uh, yeah, last question. Kind of wrap it up. What is the hardest position to evaluate uh, mm. for Madden? Okay, toughest position to evaluate for Madden specifically. Uh, so I would say the toughest to evaluate is probably going to be your safeties, uh, because those are that's a position that you need to find very specific plays on to get a feel for, and the way that college safeties play, uh, it's really tough. I, I, I would say between that and overhang defenders in college. Right. When you say you know, overhang, are you talking like, uh, like what do you mean by that? Like when you talk overhang, you talk like an Isaiah Simmons role. Oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're not over a man, you know. They're not, you know, manning a gap necessarily. They're just kind of a free roamer. Uh, Chris Williamson from Minnesota, same thing. Yeah. Right. Like you just see these guys and they're just in space, and it's like, see ball, get ball, go do your thing. And it's like, how do you even evaluate someone if they're not even, you know, what w- what are their keys on this play? What is their actual responsibility are you going to see them in man coverage etc so you have to watch a lot more film and then you have to do a lot of projecting and so i think like that's with isaiah uh, sorry not to cut you off but like isaiah yeah. Simmons playing like outside linebacker one play inside linebacker the next and then playing outside corner yeah yeah exactly or when he's just kind of floating and he's not even doing any of that right he's mm-hmm. just in a zone kind of in the middle of the field <laughs> not even in a, in a normal hook or anything like that you mm-hmm. know they, they let him be isaiah and to that point, we have him listed as a safety. Oh. Because we don't think that he's a guy... If he went to a 4-3, he would be a weak side backer for us. Yeah. But the fact that he went to a 3-4, there's not a chance in hell that he should be playing inside. Oh, he no. Just, he just doesn't have the... He doesn't have the play strength to be a stack-and-shed linebacker like that. And it's like, you want him chasing, you want him in space, and I could see him as a sub-linebacker and base safety. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably his best role. You're going to see him maybe manning the slot in base downs as a big nickel, things like that. But I just can't imagine that you're going to see him lining up as a true, you know, Mike linebacker at any point in his NFL career. So uh, those types of players are really tough. Yeah. All right, man. Well, again, we appreciate you coming on to to talk. Well, Madden, college, um, you know, the draft, basically anything. Uh, open invite to come back whenever you want, bro. Uh, again, I really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Um, when's Madden scheduled to release right now? I believe it is August 28th. All right, August 28th. Um, you know, you know me, man. I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, no matter no matter what the opinion uh, you know of uh, of Madden is, I will always buy it just because you know. Well, Dre and I go way back. We're buddies, and I, yep. I, I'm so proud of the work that, that that you've done over the past couple of years, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me on this. This was awesome. It was Absolutely. great talking with you. And if the people ball. want to find you on Twitter, where can they find you, man? Swami underscore EA. Ah, uh, yes. I love that, you, that you've that you kind of kept to your, to your roots with the Swami. Of course. All right, man. <laughs>
All right. So, uh, again, thanks. Thanks a lot, Dre. It's my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Take care.